when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. This episode almost didn't happen, which is what I'm going to talk about in today's episode. But before I do that, thank you so much for those of you who are helping me with my birthday wish. My birthday is May 15th, and I want 100 reviews at Trial Guides and 100 reviews at uh, iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. I really have just been overwhelmed by the reviews. They've been coming in and I wanted to read one today. I'll continue to read them as they come in. This is by Swills ESQ. All right. So he or she says, uh, there are so many things I love about Sari's podcast, but mostly that it encourages us to get back to being real people, to ignore the old outdated trial methods that make juries hate us and to be comfortable embracing ourselves and showing up authentically. Well, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you taking the time to write the review. And if you haven't done so already, I invite you to also uh, do a review because those things make me happy. I smile every time I see them. Thank you again so much. Well, today's uh, podcast episode kind of came out of me lying here and thinking I have nothing to say and trying to make my brain come up with something. And whether it's chemo brain or just a creative block, I thought to myself, man, this is what I think a lot of trial attorneys do is that they attempt to force their brains to work on demand And what they don't realize and what I didn't realize for a very long time is that y'all are artists and you need to start treating yourself as such. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, as artists, first of all, let's define why I believe you and I are artists. First and foremost, what we do is creative work. We're not punching widgets right? We're not doing mindless tasks. There's not a single one of you that would try a case the same as another person. That in itself makes this a creative endeavor, not to mention that you are a performer, as am I. When you are in trial, you are performing. You are putting on, not a show, but you are you are demonstrating to the jury to make it real for them. And in that way, there are extra burdens placed upon us, those of us who are creatives and who are artists. And until you recognize that you are an artist and that and to start treating yourself as such, you are going to continually be frustrated in this job. I know I was in my job because I continued to treat myself as some kind of factory worker that could just produce on demand until I recognized that what I am is a creative and an artist and it simply doesn't work that way. For example, when I was writing my book, From Hostage to Hero, 
I would not just, and I don't want you to take this advice as such as that I'm giving it as such, which is just work whenever you feel like it. That's not what I'm saying. Creatives, no. Writers, no. And I did write the book. Those of you who are asking if I had a copy, um, not a copy, but what is that? A ghost writer? No, I did not. I did hire someone to help me um, shape it and give me ideas. And 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 actually, that only out lasted a few months, and then I was on my way. But um, I did write the book. Uh, But what writers know is that you show up every day in order to create with the expectation that you will create. But whether that creation happens or not is completely and totally out of your control. Now, there are things that you can do to nurture your creative self. And we're going to talk about those things today. But what I want you to recognize is that you cannot get, to use an overused phrase, blood out of a turnip. And that when we try to force ourselves to be creative, that's when we do our worst work. You know, this comes to mind, this idea of artistry and how to work with your creative selves. And I'd like to do a, a, another podcast on it when I'm a little bit more prepared. As I said, I was just sitting here going, what am I going to talk about? And this is what I wanted to talk about, but I didn't prepare as much as I'd like. And I, I really do think this would be a great series on creativity and how we're all creative. But I also want to kind of explore with you today this sense of you as artist. I, I've talked about this with many of my private clients uh, recently, and I think it's something that would be helpful for you to, to get. When you think about your favorite performer, for example, so I use Beyonce. She's not my favorite performer. I don't even think I could name one. Maybe that put a ring on it, but I don't even know if I've listened to that all the way. But she just she just reminds me of the consummate performer. When you think of someone like Beyonce, and she's an artist, and she's a creative, and she's a performer, just like all of you, what you what you immediately understand, or I hope you get about her, is that when she's out on tour, she gives her all. She is on stage every night. She's doing her thing. But you know what she's not doing? She's not then coming off stage and selling t-shirts, right? She's not coming off stage and then writing songs. She doesn't come back from tour and immediately go into the studio. At least I, I don't think so. She takes time to rest and recover. And she has other people doing the other things that makes her brand work. So that's what I want to talk to you about today of the three things I think you really need to keep in mind as a creative. I mean, outside of the first thing that you have to recognize that you are a creative and that you are in a creative field. I don't think people get this about trial law, but it is one of the most creative professions that I have ever come across. I mean, you have to be incredible storytellers. You have to be incredible teachers. You have to be incredible conversationalists and listeners. You have to create content and think strategy and put visuals together. I mean, it is one of, you have to be an artist on every single level. It is absolutely a creative environment. At least it should be one. And you should be looking at yourself as a creative and as an artist. And once you accept that you are an artist, I want you to be thinking about these three things as you claim your life as an artist and a creative person. The first thing that you need to do or understand when you accept your artistry is that you cannot do everything. That is a huge piece of this. 
When I say that, I, I, I look at these trial attorneys that come and they want to work with me one-on-one, and I take very few one-on-one clients these days, only a handful every year. And if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you have to be in the H2H crew. I don't even work with anyone outside of the H2H crew. So make sure that you join the crew when it reopens here in April. Go to fromhostagehero.com, put your name on the wait list. But when I work with people one-on-one, one of the top things that I look for and one of the top things that they tend to say to me is that they want to be a top performer. They want to be the best trial attorney in the world. That's what my one-on-one work is all about, is creating the best trial attorneys in the world by helping them both with their mindset, with their content creation, with their non-verbally, non-verbal delivery, and with their ability to read and work with groups. That's the four places that I work with trial attorneys on how to become their best. But one of the things that we uncover or unearth right from the beginning of our work together is that in almost every case, they are trying to do too much. They are trying to do everything. And I will tell you, if you want to be a top performer, if you want to be one of the best trial attorneys in the world, this is the first hurdle that you have to overcome, which is you cannot do it all. It is not possible for you to take depositions, write briefs, write motions, file motions, argue motions, uh, talk to the clients, find out their story, put together your case, talk to the, you can't do it all. Not to mention those of you who have literally hundreds of cases on the docket. It's just not possible. You need to start delegating that shit out. It's a choice you have to make because I'm telling you right now, doing it all is not one of the choices. If you want to be a mediocre trial attorney, if you do not want to lean into your artistry, then yes, go ahead and try to do it all. But those of you who are committed to taking it to the next level will understand or must understand that you cannot do it all. Now, I hear what you're thinking and what you're saying, which is, well, I can't afford the help. Bullshit. Bullshit. When I was making, hmm... I'm going to guess 30000 a year. Yeah, we're talking like poverty level, right? I hired an assistant. Could I hire an assistant? Could I afford an assistant? Hell no. I had to put that shit on credit cards. But I knew that if I was going to take my business to the next level, I couldn't be worrying about all the piddly shit that you need to worry about as a business owner, invoicing and marketing and all those kinds of things. I needed to focus on creating content, there's that creative piece again, and delivering that content in such a way that made people excited and they wanted to hire me. I needed to to tend to my artistry, which means I had to buy things and hire people before I could quote unquote afford them. Because here's the thing, I would never have been able to afford them had I not hired them before I could afford them. That's the paradox. That's how you grow as a business. But we all have stuff around money and I'm planning on doing a podcast around that too. Look, I am full of ideas today. Um, but we, 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 we ignore that. We, we, we think, well, that wouldn't be prudent. That wouldn't be the right business decision. Listen, It takes money to make money. And if you are committed to claiming your life as an artist, the first order of business is to start delegating shit out and hiring people so that you can focus on your artistry. Full stop. There's no way to do this without that piece. The second thing 
that I want you to think about as you start to claim your life as an artist, which you are, I'm going to continue to remind you of that, is that you must build in time for rest and recovery. I was just working with a client last year who had a big trial and she put in a bunch of time to prep for trial and to take some time off during that prep and to really get mentally ready for trial. But one thing she forgot to do is put in time after trial. Once trial was open, she tried to go right back to work and boy, was that ever a mess. She couldn't concentrate. She couldn't do the things she wanted to do. Why? That's like Beyonce coming from tour and going straight into the studio. It doesn't work that way. Listen, it took me many, many years, and I'm still learning this lesson, to recognize that I, like many of you, run hot and cold. So for every, what's that What's that phrase? For every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. When you run hot, which I think a lot of you do, which means you tend to give it all, leave it all on stage, put everything you got into trial, you have to, you have to give yourself a buffer where you rest and recover, that is part of being an artist. That's part of taking care of your artist self. And the third thing, which is connected, is that you have to fill the well. Artists cannot create unless we are also receiving, meaning artistry is all about giving and creating, right? There's this this action that we are giving to the world. We are creating content. We are creating strategy. We are putting opening statements together. We are doing all these things which are all output. But what are the things that we're doing that are input? Now, you may think that is reading a lawyer book to add to your knowledge. You're going to CLE. And those things are important, but that's not what I mean by filling the well. When I'm talking about filling the well, I'm talking about going when it's safe and taking two hours to walk through a museum and fill your your eyeballs and your brain with some images that you haven't been used to seeing for the last four weeks and then taking yourself out to a nice leisurely lunch. I'm talking about perusing through an antique store or a secondhand store just for fun without buying anything necessarily. I'm talking about taking yourself on a hike or a vacation to the beach for the weekend just so that your eyes can lay on something different for once, giving you creative ideas, having coffee with old friends. These are the places where we get our our ideas from. And we also get our ideas from what I call the gap. If you know anything about scientific thinking, most scientific discoveries happen during the gap. And what is the gap? That's when the scientist puts down the book, puts down the Bunsen burner, puts down the the whatever scientific things they're using, and they just take a break. And that in that break, that is where the aha moment comes. Listen, I see all of you working so hard and sitting at your desk and forcing your brain to come up with these fantastic magical ideas and being frustrated with yourself when it doesn't happen and beating yourself up and yet still sitting at your desk for 16 hours not recognizing that what took you 16 hours to do because you wouldn't give yourself a break and you didn't build any of those buffers would probably take you two hours if you also went to the spa that day I'm not joking this is research-based that when you give yourself a break that you can do more with less time. So today, I really want you to embrace the fact that you are in a creative field 
and start treating yourself as an artist. And artists do not beat themselves up when they can't produce. When they can't produce, they go on a walk. When they can't produce, they do something else creative. If you're trying to draw, maybe they'll go play the piano. So same goes for you. When you're having trouble, like I was this morning, trying to produce, do something else. Give yourself a break. The minute that I decided I wasn't going to podcast and I'd skip this week, this idea came into my head to talk to you about my struggle today and urge you to start treating yourselves as the magnificent artist that you are. Because once you do that, that's when the magic happens. Keep helping with my birthday wish, my friends. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining me today. If you benefited from what we talked about or just want to let me know you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and leave me a review on whichever platform you use to listen to From Hostage to Hero. Add a comment and I just might give you a shout out on an upcoming episode. In the meantime, head over to FromHostageToHero.com to order your copy of my book, From Hostage to Hero, Captivate the Jury by Setting Them Free. And to get on my mailing list, I send out trial tips and encouragement right to your inbox every single week. And while you're there, make sure you join the waitlist to become an H2H crew member when we reopen. We only open a few times each year and you do not want to miss out. I look forward to our time together in next week's episode. Talk then. Talk then.